It, it just came down to one, I started getting myself out there. I was on biggerpockets.com and this was it's six or seven years when I, gosh, time really does fly. But I, I started being on that platform, networking, understanding the uh, industry. And what, what I did was is I started networking. I went to the meetups and I started the marketing efforts because at this point is he said that he wants to find a deal. And I said, okay, well, you want to find a deal? I also want a great book can totally challenge your conventional thinking and change your life for good. However, some of us just don't have the luxury of time of sitting down to read a book. But there are some instances in which we do have dead time. And these are perfect times to learn. So we can learn while driving instead of jamming to the same music on the radio. Or maybe at the gym. Well, now you can. Dwelling has partnered with Amazon's Audible to give you the dwell listeners a free book yes a free book so all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash dwelling and download your free book this will also be in the show notes you can click on the link and if you don't have a book in mind and you say hola i don't actually know where to start with well awesome because i can tell you one to start with today it's a quintessential classic it's called rich dad poor dad so download rich dad poor dad and that would basically just take your mind on a different spin of course, I'm always open to hear um, from our Dwell listeners. So email me at ola at dwelling.com. And then feel free to also give us a, a rating and review. This really helps us to rank better in iTunes. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got the amazing, incredible Sterling White. Hey, Sterling, how you doing? That was quite the intro there. So appreciate that. Everyone who's on here, go ahead and strap yourselves in because we're going to take you along for a ride and get your notepads and your popcorn ready. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. So yeah, Sterling, obviously, I know you uh, see your ton on Bigger Pockets. Anyone in the real estate sphere know that name. We've met briefly. Um, I think it was last year you said at one of the conferences we went to. But for those who don't know you, just kind of tell us a little bit more about you know who Sterling is, and what you've been doing and kind of what you've been up to lately, actually. Yeah, so I'll give everyone a cliff note, compact version of myself. So born and raised here in Indianapolis, Indiana, on the not so good parts of the city where when you tend to drive through, even during the day, you would roll your windows up and also lock your doors. Uh, single mother, fraternal twin brother, Section 8 housing, welfare, food stamps, and just had to figure out a way to get out of that environment. Tons of illegal activity, but ended up finding the more so legal route because I had to figure out a way to earn money. Uh, first product, and this is where the entrepreneurship spirit came into existence for me, was Kool-Aid Pokemon cards and uh, fast forward, how I got started in the uh, real estate sector is, and there was one particular case, uh, Ola, is uh, that I experienced uh, with my brother and I, just going back to childhood, is we're about five or six years old and we're sitting in the kitchen area uh, and we're eating like ramen noodles and cut up hot dogs or something along those lines. We go upstairs and as soon as we're, uh, we're upstairs, uh, a bullet comes right through the back patio where I was sitting and he was sitting, so I may not be here. Uh, so that's one of my uh, driving forces ultimately. And fast forward, got started in real estate 2009, construction side. Uh, shortly after that, shifted to investing where I bought my first deal 2013, 23 years old, scaled to 150 single families, 
And then in 2017, made the entire shift to multifamily and now just own under uh, 400 units. Uh, that's throughout the Midwest. That's all apartments. And I'll be sharing my trials and tribulations on here because I'm not perfect by any means, everyone. I still make mistakes to this day. Yeah, I mean, that's really fascinating. I, you, I, I just I was really shocked when you talked about the bullets flying through your house. Um, that's that's crazy. Right. And. You know, I I, I kind of want us to dig into that a little bit. And, you know, obviously I'm not from the United States. Um, I was born in Africa and then I lived in the UK and now I live in the US. So I have a little bit of a different perspective. And with everything going on in America right now, um, not to get too political, but I kind of want to get your own like perspective, right? You know, you grew up, you know, on food stamps, like, you know, you were, you just said it's section eight, you didn't, you didn't live in the best part of the country. But somehow you're here, you're, you're doing pretty well, 400 units and counting. Um, mm-hmm. What do you say to that kid, like that black kid listening to this, right? Specifically, right? Like, I can't, I can't make stuff work. Like the system is, the, frankly, has, has, you know, has, has their knee on my neck. I mean, what do you say to that, mm-hmm. to that black kid? Yeah. I would say that kid or any type of kid that's in that uh, environment is, hey, there is a way out. And that's one of my ultimate missions and purpose that I have is to be the ideal in the message because my twin brother, uh, we are a case study in how much your environment really affects you. So one thing that my mother and I did, uh, my mother did with both my brother and I, she actually moved us from that environment out to more of a a suburban uh, type location. And we were still in lower income housing, but completely different in terms of demographic. The schooling was significantly better. And I stayed out there. However, my brother went back to that environment that we were formerly in and took a completely different trajectory in life and is actually facing hard times. So I would say one is it's really comes down to your environment and just really putting yourself around people that are wanting to stretch themselves more. And that was one thing I always did. And you could say in essence, I'm lucky uh, that I experienced because I could have took the similar path as my brother did, but I decided not to. And I don't know if that was a higher being uh, that ended up putting certain people in place that allowed me to take a different fork in the road. Yeah, wow, that's really, really telling. Actually, yeah, I was not expecting that either. <laughs> that's really, that's really. So your brother went back. Is it by choice? So I'm just kind of curious. I didn't want to just let let that off. Like, why why did he go back? The the group of friends. So that where we were formerly living is we had friends that were there. Uh, He went back to that and I formed new friendships. And that's when we were both in the same environment. She moved us out. And that's really where the fork in the road really changed. And we're a case, both him and I are a case study. We're twin brothers. We're fraternal, but we grew up in the same environment. And that one little change there really change the trajectories of our lives. You know, thanks for sharing that because um, I also want, you know, folks listening to kind of maybe use that as a, a point in which they can make that mistake, but stop themselves, right? Like do not go back, right? Because that's kind of why I wanted to touch on that. So you said and, you went from, and, yeah, sorry, go on. And, and, and one thing is it's tough because uh, I had another aha moment or light bulb uh, that I was out. And this is a quick story for everyone. I was at a college party having a good time. This was my early 20s. Uh, and I ended up later dropping out on co- uh, dropping out in college to focus full time on real estate. But that's a whole nother subject. But I had this moment 
uh, to where I ended up drifting away from the crowd. And I was out in this middle of this uh, boat in the, the middle of this pond or lake or it was. The aiming question comes down to me and says, Sterling, is this what you want to do with your life? And up until that point, I was just drifting into average land. I was still in construction, hadn't shifted to the investing. And I answered back, no, this is not. Three things I did. First one was I cut off my friends because that great people, but they were not go going where I wanted to go. Uh, second was I cut out the news. Still to this day, I didn't even know the NBA draft happened until just randomly. That that goes to show you how much I'm out of it, uh, which is I would say it's more of a good thing. People are like, how do you keep up with the news? And if something's important enough, you'll hear about it. And the third was I focus on mindset uh, with really putting a lot of more positive input to remove a lot of those limiting beliefs and replace those with more empowering ones. Oh man, I love that so much. I really, really like cut off friends, cut off the news, focus on mindset. I mean, obviously I'm huge on mindset. Um, so we'll probably touch on that as well. But I wanted to kind of just touch on something you said. I don't, I, I mean, I think we have to bring you back, Sterling. Um, you dropped out of college. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what happened there? Yeah, for, for one, it was just not a, a fit for me. I got really bored and I took, and I would like for everyone to guess how many times I took chemistry one and two, and we'll later revisit that. You may have to remind me, but uh, in essence is that I ended up, I, I was going through the classes. I remember I would fall asleep in a, uh, several of them because I was just that bored. And I remember one teacher came up to me and said, Sterling, if you fall asleep in my class one more time that uh, we're going to have to, uh, what is what is that, uh, withdraw you. Uh, very next day, I fell asleep in the class because it was that, it just wasn't a fit for me. And uh, at that same time I was shifting, I actually found a mentor in real estate, started working within their, their company. And I remember being up all night because I had an Amazon business that I was working on too. But during the nighttime and also during the day, I would work on that real estate business. I was saying, well, I'm making more money here. I enjoy this. Why continue college? I'm not falling asleep, right? It makes absolute sense, right? It makes absolute exactly. sense. <laughs> it was very warm in that class and I had a hat on, but of course they caught on and knew he's, he's asleep back there. And for those of you, that was a little bit of a cliffhanger uh, that I took chemistry one and two a total of five times. So that goes to show you, it just was <laughs> not a fit. Fascinating, fascinating. So you said you went from construction to investing. So for those who are listening, do you think, that's a, a kind of natural path. You know, some folks would like kind of jump on the wholesaling bandwagon or, you know, try to flip or do something, just kind of wiggle into real estate investing. What are your thoughts on, on you know, kind of your story? Was it like a paid um, construction job? Yeah, it was paid, huge grind. I did not enjoy it. And I would say I didn't learn so much from that. Uh, the mentorship I ended up getting was uh, with the individual who was actually in the business. They own apartments, they had their own property management company. And so I was really just got thrown into the fire in terms of really seeing the inner workings of that. Uh, and then at one point he said that he is he wanted to diversify from multifamily to single family. Normally it's the other way. And he said, I've got the cash, I've got the, the know-how, but I don't have the time to find the deals. I had the time to find the deals. I didn't have the experience. I had some knowledge, uh, but I, and I didn't have the cash. So through the mindset and the self-improvement, I looked at, okay, I'm at A, first deal is Z. How do I now bridge the gap? So there's that. And to answer your question is, uh, I mean, the construction, you can leverage that and then 
and transition. But if I were to go back and do it again, I would start with the investing side and just jumping right into it. And so I think that's a good segue. How did you jump right into it? So you had, you know, you were working with this mentor who kind of did a, a 180 from MF to, you know, S SFRs, multi-family to single-family resident, which is really fascinating. How did you make that leap? It, it just came down to one, I started getting myself out there. I was on biggerpockets.com and this was it's six or seven years when I, gosh, time really does fly. But I, I started being on that platform, networking, understanding the uh, industry. And what, what I did was is I started networking. I went to the meetups and I started the marketing efforts because at this point is he said that he wants to find a deal. And I said, okay, well, you want to find a deal? I also want to find my uh, first deal. And then from that, just started the marketing efforts and uh, through the actual uh, networking element, ended up getting a deal sent over from a wholesaler. Uh, the, the numbers made sense. And at that point in time, this is a learning lesson for everyone is that one, do not trust a broker's or wholesaler's numbers. They're going to rosy it up as much as possible, of course. Uh, it's conflict of interest, you could say. Well, it is conflict of interest. And the uh, what is the second uh, I was going to mention? I forgot my train of thought. Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, so that's kind of how you started. So you went to the meetups, you started, you know, looking at deals, so evaluating deals. You, you had your, you know, your filter yes. lenses on. You got your thought the back. Evaluating. The yeah. Evaluating. Yes. Yeah. I use rules of thumb. I, and this comes down to knowing your numbers is what I see. What I did was I was using the 2% rule which many people know the 1% rule, which is you rent, uh, you, you're all into a house, repairs plus uh, purchase price, $100,000. You expect to rent that $4,000. Here in Indianapolis, you can get the 2% rule in working class settings. Now you're not able to get that because things have appreciated. So that's what we were using at that point in time. But one is it doesn't take, if the property is in a flood zone, your insurance is going to go up, if your property taxes. So that's one learning lesson for everyone is there's calculators that are out there to really help you understand what is your actual return on investment. Awesome. So now I'm kind of, you know, waiting for the favorite, well, my favorite part, right? Multifamily, because that's, that's what we do, right? We, we acquire apartments. So you, you were doing some investing, meaning some single family, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, actually, before we go into multifamily, so how did that go for you? You know, kind of tell us, like, what was your best deal? You know, when did you think, aha, like, I kind of got this nailed down. Just kind of tell us a story of, you know, a good deal. How did you find it? How did you fund it? And just kind of the backstory before we go to multifamily. I would say that very first deal was the best deal because that's how I was able to get my foot in the door and really get the, the snowball rolling. Uh, and I got thrown into the fire to, hey, Sterling, go figure everything out. And that was my real, I would say, education that I got. Uh, so it was total purchase price was $25,000 here in Indianapolis, very affordable properties, you guys. Uh, and people in California are like, is that a shed? No, this is an actual house. I mean, uh, working class. And the uh, rehab was $25,000. So this was his cash that he all put into it. And then I, instead of me taking a wholesale fee, I requested to retain equity. So it was 90-10 uh, within that. And then, yeah, after that, I got thrown into the fire. Hey, Sterling, I managed the title company, the transaction with the title company, do the leasing do the property management, take the incoming uh, resident calls. And one thing that I experienced, which 
I did not even read, no, and this is also another learning lesson is just taking action because there's no amount of reading that you can experience by actually doing the work itself. I should have a quote somewhere back there that says, do the work that halfway through the, the residents, the, the tenants, they actually moved out and started subleasing. So I had to figure out, okay, now what do I do in this case? And then actually, you just can't tell them to get out. You actually have to evict them in that case. So these are all the things that I ended up learning, but I ended up taking action. And that's why that was my uh, for, uh, best deal. Best deal. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I thought I just changed my virtual background when you talk, when you said background. I was like, oh, yeah, I should have my background up too. Um, <laughs> so, so now you're in the game, right? You're in the real estate investing game. And you were like, hey, I want to I want to go bigger. Right. I want to go bigger. And then, you know, you went into multifamily. But actually, that lip, that transition isn't as straightforward, you know, because when you start reaching out to brokers in the multifamily you know, space, they don't care if you've done 100 houses. Right. Because it's just a different land, you know, landscape. So how did you make they do that? to a certain extent? over mm. someone who doesn't have any experience. Mm. So there's a little little there. And uh, my approach is I go direct to owner because I haven't had much success with uh, the, uh, the the broker's route. Uh, and yeah, the very first deal was driving for dollars and it all started with a phone call and this was a 46 unit acquisition. Wow, tell us more. So how do you, I mean, what does that process look like? Um, for those who don't know what driving for dollars is, what do you actually do to, to get, you know, someone that, was a, that owns a 46 unit to actually take you seriously? Yeah, and one thing is all sales, everyone, and not having limiting beliefs, because I spoke with uh, someone the other day, a, a student, uh, and someone that was looking to get insights from me, and they talked about their age. And I said, age is irrelevant. That's a limiting belief that you're putting on yourself. Uh, so that very first deal is driving for dollars is in essence, just driving around looking for properties that need work. So it was very targeted, new, wanted to acquire deals on the south side of Indianapolis because there was upside and you could still get properties very affordable. And then from there, drove the specific neighborhood, saw this property that needed work, uh, pulled the public records, owned an LLC, found out who owned the LLC, picked up the phone. Uh, that's how easy the process was. Uh, but of course, the actual execution, because there's a lot of that that you have to do in order to get to this one. And it turns out their motivation was they were shifting from being a debt, uh, a operator to being a debt collector. And they were running this property into the ground because it was about 60, 65% uh, occupancy. So those were some triggers. And this was their very last apartment uh, that they uh, were actually selling. Fascinating. So you basically took over that property and you mentioned it was 60 something um, percent occupied. What did you guys actually do for somebody listening? Like, oh, wow, you know, for every 10 units, you know, six, only six had people in it. How did you guys turn that around? Yeah, so it was a complete overhaul in terms of renovations. So we rebrand the property from Southview Apartments to Garfield uh, Place Apartments. This property is sent, uh, we have sold it. So we've gone full cycle. Uh, the parking lot, we did a seal coating, restriping, uh, and also patching of the, 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 the potholes and all that. Did, the, the upgrades, the interior units push up the rents about 100 to $115. Uh, so yeah, we just went in there and uh, updated. There was actually an entire building that was down due to fire damage. So this is one thing that I would want to share with everyone is that these older properties, 
when you're going in, you have these larger budgets just to put more of a buffer on there because it's likely that you may go over budget just due to some unforeseen costs uh, once you actually get in there. Oh yeah, we know all about that. <laughs> so another self-limiting belief, you know, that I, I hear from a lot of people is, you know, all of you, you're putting offers on $20 million buildings and 50, like, how do you get this kind of money? Like, how do you, you know, raise equity? So I'm, I'm going to ask you that question. Like, what are you guys doing? You know, what are you doing with your team to actually raise equity and fund um, some of these deals? Yeah, so as of recent, uh, we've been able to tap into what you would say capital partners uh, as the raises get larger, but more so on a smaller scale is myself, I was the brand, uh, the individual that would be the funnel in essence, so bigger pockets, being on podcasts such as yours, having my own podcast, the real estate experience, and just pushing out content and value and get uh, understanding who your ideal investor is, where their eyeballs are and where their ears are and positioning yourself to be of value. And that's how, in essence, you get them in your quote unquote uh, funnel. And then from there is that's when you present the opportunities. Wow. Um, we can keep going and going, Sterling. Um, one last question, and then um, uh, we'll, we'll go into the quick rounds. So you've started from working with someone in construction all the way to 400 units, and obviously there's just so many more units to come your way. What, what would you say is that one single thing or trait that has really helped you? Um, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask that question later again, but in a different way. But what is that one thing that you can think of that has really helped you going through kind of from how you started, you know, section eight, and then all the way, what is that one thing? It's what you mentioned earlier. It's all mindset, firm believer on these podcasts, we can share all the strategies, the tactics, but if you don't have the right frame of thinking, it's like a governor on the car, which if the car can go 200 miles per hour, but the governor on there is only capping it at 120, it's the same people, same with people's limiting beliefs. And to this day is I'm looking to uncover the limiting, more limiting beliefs that I have so I can keep further unlocking and reaching new levels. So it all starts with mindset. Love it. So um, we're definitely, definitely joining into the quick rounds. These are going to be quick questions, quick answers. You ready, sir? Yeah, let's roll. All right. Very first question. What makes Sterling White unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl? Yeah, I would say my story. Uh, and that's what uh, some people, well, most people are able to relate to, but especially in today's age with uh, social media and pushing out content is I can put out tips, five ways to buy your first multifamily deal, or what I lead with is my story and the trials and tribulations and how I was able to overcome them uh, and share those on this podcast. And that's the thing that really separates me from other individuals uh, because uh, Sonder Investment Group, the word Sonder is derived from each passerby that you experience in life. The person that you pass by has a vivid and distinct and unique life as your very own. Interesting, interesting. Next question. What was the last book that you've read? And what was the one thing you picked up from that book? Uh, that I read that was really good. Uh, that uh, Shoe Dog by uh, Phil Knight. Have you read that one? I have not read it, but it's on my list. Oh, it is fantastic. And it's his memoir, but it's really just 
understanding that how he was able to build that business and it's not what most people see they see the highlight of where nike is today but they don't see everything that led up to that point and it almost failed right from the beginning yeah 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 um final question i mean you've got a lot going on you're pretty heavy um on, on bigger pockets um you're doing a ton obviously building your company um, working on podcasts what do you do for fun that is, I work. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, what is that thing you call fun? <laughs> yes, uh, I would say I do enjoy traveling. Uh, just recently I went to Puerto Rico, but more majority of the time I did work because it's just a habit. If I don't work, I'll get bored. Uh, I, I've recently taken up uh, boxing, working out. So I do enjoy working out. So I would say those things is fitness is what I really enjoy. And just the whole self-improvement, self-development. Uh, of course, I do have some escapisms that I go to. Sometimes I'll play some Xbox. Uh, what was I playing the other day? Resident Evil. Uh, so I was oh, playing that, game. that game, so. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't played, I haven't played that in a very long time. I haven't played PlayStation. I would never touch an Xbox. No way, ever. I'm a, I'm a Sony fan for life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, there's nothing. I was for the longest time and I wouldn't mind because the thing is God of War used to be my go-to game so enjoy and it's not on Xbox. Okay, so, yeah. okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, if there's somebody maybe in your market in Indiana or, you know, just anywhere else in the country, you know, what's the best way people can connect with you, you know, get to know you a bit more? Yeah, so you can find me on the Instagram, uh, which is Sterling White Official. One more time, that is Sterling White Official. Uh, and then uh, my website is sterlingwhiteofficial.com. One more time, that is sterlingwhiteofficial.com. Either way, slide into the DM on Instagram, for instance, and happy to be of value. Awesome. And your the name of your podcast is called The Real Estate Experience, you said, right? Yes, indeed. All right. Sterling, you're a legend. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand, believe it, or a thousand podcasts and still going. The best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine, Joe Fellers. Joe talks to influential thought leaders. We share the best advice ever with none of the fluff. You've got to check this stuff out. So listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com. That's bestevershow.com.